are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, and that means you get me, Luke Braun, host of Locked On Vikings, and my good pal, an accessory to way more than he knows about, Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints. <laughs> and today we are talking about teams who are down in the dumps, teams who are on the cusp of eternal turbo hell. Teams with no light at the end of the tunnel, and we'll also talk about some of the news of the moment, including Julian Edelman's retirement after a decade-long career, and Sean Payton being played by Kevin James, which makes sense, (laughs) considering the analogous trajectories of their careers. This is Locked On NFL, and Ross, let's start with that. Let's start with the Edelman thing. So he's hanging him up after 11 years with the Patriots, three of them Super Bowl years, over 6,800 yards, and I gotta ask you the questions what everybody's talking about right now. Yeah. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah, I, this is this is always sort of the conversation around Julian Edelman. And I I kind of have to go with no. And the, the reason being that, like, Julian Edelman's career doesn't measure up to some of the other wide receivers that are around his, you know, some of the other guys that are going to uh, the, the Hall of Fame. You know, you look at Larry Fitzgerald, you look at guys like Julio Jones, people like mm-hmm. that. Like, those are the receivers that are going to make it into the Hall of Fame that we call Hall of Fame wide receivers. At what point in, in Julian Edelman's career was he ever operating up to that level and to that standard? I don't think he ever was. And so for me, I have a lot of trouble saying that Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer. Now, if you wanted to isolate his postseason career and talk a bit about his postseason career, I think he had an incredible postseason career he's behind only jerry rice when it comes to playoff receptions he's tied with michael irvin when it comes to both playoff games with 100 plus yards receiving that's six of those by the way uh and he has and he's third in career receiving yards in the super bowl so that's super dope like in terms of when he showed up mm-hmm. and when he was able to be a part of these postseason runs these super bowl teams these incredible moments that he had he had hall of fame moments and maybe a Hall of Fame postseasoner, but I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer outright. Yeah, I think you have to kind of ask what a Hall of Famer has to be for a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I think for skill position players, it's really easy to kind of get lured in by big, giant volume total career stats. 6,822 yards. That's so many yards. But over 11 years, that's like not that much. He was a right. slot receiver. And I right. think the best argument you can make for Julian Edelman to be in a Hall of Fame is that he kind of defined what a slot receiver is supposed to be over a decade where slot receiver went from a role player to a starting job. And I think Julian Edelman kind of provided the blueprint for that. And that's probably the best, like you can't make a hall of fame career out of four David Tyree moments as cool as the catch was, you know, as cool as it was that one time he went in and played defensive back against the Ravens in the playoffs, (laughs) you know, as cool as the random, uh, like end around thrown touchdown kind of cool stuff is, um, it's all awesome. And he's had the coolest career ever. But if you're going to try to make a Hall of Famer out of him, you have to make better arguments than here's total yards and he had a cool catch in the Super Bowl once. Right. You have to be at the upper echelon of your position for years. And yeah. that's what Larry Fitzgerald has been. He was a top five receiver for a long time. Julio Jones, you know, when you say, ah, well, you know, this draft prospect, he's not going to be Julio Jones, but he's very right. good. You have to be that guy, that that gold standard. Yeah. And I 
Julian Edelman hasn't been there. He's been a very good slot receiver, and he's a great competitor. Belichick had all sorts of great words to say about him, and I think there are like that it's been an awesome time. And Patriots fans, of course, are going to miss him dearly. Um, but to me, this screams Hall of Very Good. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And like, by no means are we here to just like sit here and try to dunk on Julian Edelman, who had an incredible career. It was right? a coolest I mean, career. Like, he was a quarterback. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, right. Like, it's such an awesome career. And and let's be real, too. If he does get into the Hall of Fame, if he does become a Hall of Famer, it all of a sudden opens the door for slot receivers to be Hall of Fame wide receivers. Like, that's that's game-changing, right? So he has a potential here to continue to change the game and continue to... Uh, establish the 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 importance of playing that position, that version of the wide receiver position. It would revolutionize the way that we look at Hall of Fame wide receivers, but I just don't think that it's going to happen. I mean, the two people that we're talking about, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, we're talking about more than twice as many yards for each of those guys, just about. Julio Jones <laughs> is in the 12-8 range, 12, uh, really 12-9 range. He's four yards away from that. And then, Julio, and then Larry Fitzgerald, of course, 17 1,500 receiving yards, basically eight yards shy of that. So I think that like, even if you just try to look at the career numbers, it doesn't make sense, right? You have to compare him to the people that were operating around the same time as him, not try to compare his numbers as a receiver to the numbers of receivers that played when the run game was the, you know, overarching uh, strategy for every offense. Yeah, it's a question of, you know, does playing in the NFL for 11 years get you into the Hall of Fame? no matter how good you are over those 11 years. You have to be a certain level of good to survive for 11 years. Is that enough? I don't think anybody would say yes. And what is it about Julian Edelman versus other people who played 11 years that sets him apart? Usually you're going to def- default to uh, cool moments in the pro- in the postseason. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the late, great Chris Wessling once said about mm-hmm. a, a different Hall of Fame conversation, um, can you tell the story of the NFL without him? And I think you totally can with Julian Edelman. Absolutely, absolutely. And hey, at least... At least 10 years, 11 years in the NFL gets you Hall of Fame conversation because apparently, you know, 15, 16 years of NFL coaching only gets you Kevin James. So it could be worse. It could be much worse. Uh, <laughs> and of course, it could be worse. And we'll talk about some of the teams that are teetering on worseness as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on NFL. Is your team one of the teams that could be uh, teetering on the edge of going into darkness. We'll talk about that and much more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. And don't forget to check out our friends over at betonline.ag who are not at all teetering on the edge of darkness. They're instead teetering on the edge of getting you some money, getting you paid. So go and check them out the fastest, fastest and easiest way uh, to bet on all of your sports action. College basketball, NFL, they might be wrapped up for right now, but the NBA, NHL, MLB, all all in full swing, so go on and check that out. And don't forget to check out the uh, upcoming NFL draft odds as well. If you were lucky enough to catch some of the specials from last week, it was an easy, easy line to make some money for Justin Fields as the number three overall selection. I think the odds were like five to one for Justin Fields as the number three overall selection to the San Francisco 49ers. I picked that up as quickly as I could. It was gone in like five minutes. But I'm sure that more will be on the way over at betonline.ag as they have real-time updated odds and props from almost anything that you can imagine. They've got you covered for all of your news and scores as well. BetOnline is the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So check them out over on the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Ross, before we get into this uh, real quick, in my home state of Minnesota, uh, in response to the situation that's going on there, the Timberwolves, the Twins, and the Wild have all postponed their games. We aren't going to be able to talk about it on this show, but if you want to get some coverage on that, head on over to the Locked On Today podcast. You can find that on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, wherever you get your podcast. Peter Bukowski is going to talk about that and everything else going on in the wide world of sports in under 20 minutes. Yeah, very important situation ongoing. Yes, very important. A lot more important than what we're about to talk about. So go listen to that. (laughs) But let's power on to what we were going to talk about, which is the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. Every year they give out an Alpha Award for the best sports transaction of the year. This year it goes to the Cardinals for acquiring DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick and David Johnson, that trade, which we all kind of knew at the time how that was going to turn out. Uh, So... The Texans are in a rough place, right? And we don't need to harp on them too bad. Texans fans are suffering enough. Uh, But I wanted to talk about other teams that are where the Texans are at, where it's just turbo hell. It's just Mm -hmm. darkness. The the Texans have have nowhere to go, and it doesn't seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. You know, you look at a team like the Bengals. They've had a rough few years, but they have Joe Burrow. They have reasons to be excited. You know, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, they have reasons to be excited. But I figure we should highlight some teams, and I guess where I want to draw this line is who should we just not take seriously for a couple of years? Who is Ooh. that far away from being taken serious? Because we can't take the Texans seriously until they prove otherwise. Right. Who else can't we take seriously? Yeah, I'll save you from having to, uh, to, to talk smack about one of your division rivals over in the NFC North. And I'll mention the Detroit. Can I do it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can. You can join in. Uh, uh, you know the Detroit Lions. I, I think you know. And I think Matt Derry, honestly, host of Locked On Lions, wouldn't disagree with me here. But I mean, look, you you make a trade because you have to move on from Matt Stafford, who didn't fit in your organization anymore and potentially didn't want to be a part of your organization anymore. You have the big head coach change. Now all of a sudden you have a first time head coach. You have a brand new offensive coordinator in Anthony Lynn, who's phenomenal. You have a brand new defensive coordinator in Aaron Glenn, who was fantastic. And I know him very well from covering the saints, but this is his first time as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. So he's the first Mm -hmm. time, you know, uh, defensive coordinator. And I guess Dan Campbell's not a first time head coach, but this is a brand new job for him. He's been an interim head coach before. So it's tough. And then you make the change from Matt Stafford to Jared Goff in the offseason here. And I don't really see much. With an inexperienced staff. Yes, with an inexperienced staff. You're losing, you know, you lost, you know, Kenny Galladay, these great receivers, these great pass catchers, Marvin Jones. You have some pieces potentially coming back to you on the defense, but for the most part, you're dealing with a struggling Jeff Okuda who really, really struggled his rookie season. And you're hoping that he's going to be able to bounce back in year two, which is usually the slump year for rookies. And so Mm -hmm. it's really, really tough to look at the Detroit Lions and say that in the next three years, things are going to turn around for them. I have a really hard time justifying that. Right. It's, you know, what is the rebuild look like in the post Jared Goff era? And maybe you say, okay, well, you know, if we endure the Jared Goff thing, because it seems to me pretty clear that that's not going to work out with the inexperienced staff and the amount of coaching that a guy like Jared Goff has historically needed, the way that roster is constructed, all that stuff. And then after that, now they can start the rebuild. And it's like, so we're waiting three years to to wait three years. And then (laughs) it seems really rough. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation. I think another a sneaky team in a position like that, and I it's we've hurt them enough today, but the New England Patriots seem like they're in a little oh, yeah. bit of trouble. Look, yeah. I, far be it for me to to doubt Belichick, and if anybody can drag themselves out of this, it's Belichick at least on Sundays as a coach, and you know find a way to get seven wins out of a out of a roster that can't do it. If you don't get more from Cam Newton than you did last year, 
you could be six and ten again. And you could right. kind of be stuck there for a while until you get your, your new quarterback. They pick 15th in this draft. They're not going to get any, a quarterback unless it's somebody the rest of the league is rejected. And if the rest of the league is rejecting a quarterback, how much do you want that guy? Right. It seems like unless they find a way to like trade up with Atlanta for pick number four, even then you're getting the fourth guy on the NFL's uh, list. Yeah, right. It seems like a really rough situation. They're just going to kind of have to limp along with Cam Newton again for a year and are they going to limp along with Cam Newton again in 2022? Or is that when we start waiting for a rookie to start developing? And it seems like another situation where they seem like they have to wait a year or two before they can wait a year or two. Mm-hmm. And h- how many years do we get before the New England Patriots are the juggernaut they once were? And this is a tough question, but Bill Je- Belichick, who is old, how long does he survive longer. that? Yeah. There have been plenty of coaches that we know as legacy Hall of Fame guys. When they meet their end, you know, when you see the end of Tom Landry or the end right. of, you know, somebody like Chuck Knoll, mm-hmm. it usually looks a lot like this. You know, the the teams that won all those Super Bowls are gone. Tom Brady is out. Now Julian Edelman is out. Everything that kind of was part of that magic is gone and then you go six and ten twice in a row and suddenly you're the coach that went six and ten twice in a row instead of the one that won six rings yeah absolutely absolutely we just might be unfortunately looking at the beginning of the end for now or the pause button for right now um the next team that we wanted to talk about is a team that i'm very familiar with the carolina panthers Carolina Panthers, yep. brand new head coach that came in. Last we dumped year. on him a lot last week. <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't focus on him for too long here. But yeah, Matt Rule, second year. Uh, Joe Brady, second year. Sam Darnold is who they trade for, and they decide that that's going to be the quarterback moving forward. I still, I know it's crazy, but I still don't rule quarterback out at eight if the right one's there for them. I really, really don't because they I shouldn't. You know, because look, yeah, they picked up the second, they picked up the fifth year option on Sam Darnold, but that doesn't mean they have to exercise it. They can, they can still rescind it. They can still take it back. And so they could still move on from Sam Darnold after the 2020 season if they want to, or 2021 season, excuse me, if they want to. So, and I think that's the position that allows them the most flexibility is by exercising the first, the fifth year option for now, but then knowing that they can rescind it at a later time and move to another quarterback. And so I think quarterback should still be very much open for them at eight. And somebody that can go and sit behind and, you know, let Sam Darnold go out there and do what he can with this team. But I'm a little bit concerned about them not being able to turn the corner quickly enough before they end up having to move to a new coach in a new situation. Right. And so now we're waiting two years for the Sam Darnold thing to expire so we can wait two years for the rookie to develop. This feels very Detroit Lions-ish. <laughs> right. And in a similar way to be stuck, I'm going to call out my own uh, baby purple boys. My Vikings are in a rough spot if you don't believe in Kirk Cousins. Now, they believe in Kirk Cousins internally with that organization and all that. But if you don't take Kirk Cousins seriously, you can kind of take it to the bank unless there's a blockbuster trade and Kyle Shanahan gets real thirsty about it or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback of the Vikings through 2024. I I believe either that or he gets traded, and I don't really see any other situation being interesting. He's going to get an extension next year, um, and that's kind of already, I think, penciled in. Uh, and so if you don't think Kirk Cousins should be taken seriously and therefore don't think the Vikings should be taken seriously, that's not going to change for you until halfway through this decade. It's going to be a while of Kirk Cousins. Um, and, and so, yeah, if that is the darkness that, I mean, settle in, if you are, are (laughs) not a a Vikings Kirk Cousins believer, that is something that emotionally I am reconciling with as we speak. (laughs) 
<laughs> as you go through. Hey, look, the New Orleans Saints have their own question marks too. What if the quarterback situation yeah. doesn't work out, right? What happens? Are they going to recast the void years? Yeah, maybe they recast Kevin Kevin James and put somebody else over there that's even worse somehow to represent Sean Payton. So we'll see how it goes. I'm never going to let it go. I'm so disappointed by it. Anyway, as we roll along with today's episode with Locked on NFL, don't forget to check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 over at Odyssey, over in the Odyssey app, which you can download. But coming up next, we're going to be talking with Kate Majuk of Locked on Dynasty Football to get you ready for Dynasty Football. Get you ready for Fantasy Football as we roll around through the draft. Who are some of the, the, the players that could be teetering on their value dropping going into the 2021 season? We'll get to that here in just a moment. But, you know, if you're ever worried about the value of something dropping, one of the best things to do is to take care of it. So you're trying to take care and make sure that your vehicle doesn't drop in any value. You're Go ahead and check navigated. out. So good. So good. Uh, go and check out rockauto.com for all the parts your car truck vehicle of any kind from dodge to Daewoo, from ford to fiat they've got you taken care of anything that you could need you just drop in your make your model your year what part you're looking for and they're going to give you several options including a bunch that are going to come in at under the price that you would pay at one of the chain stores around the corner and you can expertly navigate just like i did that segue the website from your phone from at home without ever leaving your couch doing it all without having to go out at all. See how I even rhymed in there a little bit? So go and check them out, <laughs> rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On to the How'd You Hear About a section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, everybody, next week, April 19th through the 26th, we have the ultimate mock draft 2021 where all of us local experts got together and did a mock draft with each other with trades and everything presented by odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y and it's going to feature analysis from nfl experts michael irvin brian baldinger and michael lombardi subscribe to the ultimate mock draft 2021 it's a separate podcast feed on the odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts so now it's time to start the Tuesday Fantasy Forum drafts coming up, and that means that your dynasty assets may be in danger. Uh, here with Kate Majuk of uh, FF Ball Blast, and of course, locked on Dynasty. Kate, who should I be worried about? Thanks, guys, for having me on uh, today. We did dive into some of these assets that do have a lot to lose. I did. I had to keep it positive, though. We talked a little bit about some some players who can gain uh, some traction in dynasty leagues during the NFL draft, but. I will say the most interesting name that we came up with was James Robinson running back hmm. for the Jaguars. Uh, let's see. He was the uh, uh, running back seven last year in PPR formats. Was a very, very uh, usable asset in fantasy. Came out of hmm. totally left field uh, from the FCS. We saw instantaneous workload. He was a workhorse. He was utilized as a receiver. But my Good friend Marcus has uh, officially, uh, I'm not sure if he's released this in a mock draft or if he's teasing the idea, but he's toying with the idea that we might see Jacksonville uh, get a, a former Clemson player for their soon-to-be first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> reunite him with Travis Etienne. And we just talked about the fact that this is this could legitimately destroy James Robinson's value so much of what he was able to do for that offense came from his ability as a pass catcher, which I don't think any of us had projected that he would be utilized so heavily as a receiver. So 20 targets in his rookie season, but I mean, just dominated on all fronts, uh, 1400 scrimmage yards, 10 touchdowns. 
pretty much all season long. He was he was just the the guy you could plug and play. And guess what? You probably grabbed him uh, from your dynasty waivers literally after game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he could be one of these guys that. Man, if they do take uh, a running back, especially like a Travis Etienne, who's, I mean, his money is as a receiver, that's going to be a big hit to James Robinson. So, we, you know, I don't know. Do we want to sell? Do we want to, what are we doing with James Robinson? I'm so torn because I love the player. Everything that uh, he he did on tape last year, I was so impressed. Uh, Just a really solid, sturdy runner, 5'10", 220. I, I love the frame. I love the I love the story, but we do have to consider the fact that there's been a, a changing of the guard and we have to we have to unfortunately worry about our our good friend James. Wow, that yeah. would be really unfortunate after such an incredible undrafted rookie season, right? Oh my gosh, it would be it would be a huge bummer. And like I said, I really like the tape. I liked everything that he showed. So if I am the Jaguars, I want to keep rolling with Mr. James Robinson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're to get that kind of production as a rookie uh, for free uh, as an undrafted free agent. That's uh, it feels like you're hitting the lottery there. Jacksonville has enough holes that I would prefer them to utilize some other picks to fill some of those other roster spots right now. But I do not run an NFL franchise. I wish they would let me. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a tough decision for Jacksonville what to do at that like 25th spot. Um, and I guess it, of course, depends on how the board falls and all that. But it's it's such a tough predicament because it's almost like the risky thing to do is nothing. Or is it like, is it risky to sell? And then, you know, they take a defender and you feel like an idiot. That's a, a really tough place to be. W- what about some of those uh, some of those more more positive situations, those assets that are maybe worth a buy right now? You know, I think one of the the potential buys, and this is going to sound pretty gross, guys, so just bear with me here. I want you to work oh. through the pain that I'm about to put you through. Okay. All right. I, just bear with me. I think we should probably take a look at Cole Beasley. Uh, we've heard lots of, lots of chatter that they want to get, uh, you know, maybe get Josh Allen, a, a sexy new wide receiver to to play with. I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of sold on the fact that I really like Gabe Davis. I think their wide receiver core is pretty stable as is as like mm-hmm. just as it stands. Cole Beasley is one of the best slot receivers in the NFL, a PPR monster. He finished as a wide receiver 27 last year. That is mm-hmm. I mean for where he's being drafted in dynasty startups. I mean, you can get Cole Beasley as a throw-in piece like if you're trading with the the Cole Beasley manager, just have him throw Cole Beasley in the in the package there and say, oh, okay, that that tipped the scales for me. I'll accept the trade. Because I do think that uh, Cole Beasley could be one of those guys. If the Bills pass on drafting a, another receiving weapon, I do think Cole Beasley could be one of the sneakiest low-value buy-nows uh, in, in dynasty fantasy football. But it's not going to feel fun when you do it. <laughs> That's that's second team all pro Cole Beasley that we're talking about over here. That's second um, team all pro. One vote. One lonely vote. It was me. It was me. It was entirely an accident. But hey, here we are. Um, no, it wasn't. 
I'd be honest. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have even it's done like it by you accident. Had the, uh, you had the, you know, you were choosing which button to press and you were going for the Stefan Diggs button and you just accidentally <laughs> pressed kinda, the button that was right next to him. sneezed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> the wrong side. If you listen to this show during the season, though, I mean, we were basically Bills fans on this. That's very true. We really were. Yeah, we really were. Let's talk a little bit about the other team in the AFC that knocked off those Buffalo Bills, the (laughs) the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I invested pretty highly in my Dynasty League in Clyde Edwards-Alaire last year. Am I safe with him or is there a little bit of risk here going into the draft? So I think uh, he's actually one of these really nice uh, players. I'm going to go ahead and invest in once again because we all got burned last season. Yeah. We, we felt it. We <laughs> did not feel good. Um, because if you you drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you probably utilized a uh, maybe a, a the 101 in, in your rookie drafts, or maybe mm-hmm. uh, still even in your redraft leagues, probably took him as a, a you know first round pick, early second round pick, and it didn't pan out because of his usage. We saw. Uh, Le'Veon Bell signed like halfway through the season and we just saw immediately that his usage sort of it fell into the toilet. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what to say happened, but I do think we're underestimating because our expectations were so high. Um, we did underestimate the the potential for him. I mean, let's consider the fact that uh, Damian Williams is no longer a threat. We have Le'Veon Bell no longer with the team. If they don't add a player, uh, you know, like on on day two or day three, we could be looking at uh, the the production and the workhorse uh, role that we were hoping for last season. If he emerges from this draft unscathed, my lord, he's potential top five finisher in twenty twenty one. Oh, you just made me feel so much better about my season. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, feel better. I'm only marginally biased. <laughs> I love it. Kate, thank you so much as always for coming through and joining us for another fantasy forum here on Locked On NFL. Make sure you follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast, and uh, we'll see you again here soon. Thanks for having me on. All right, y'all. Once again, that's Kate Majuk at FFBallBlast on Twitter, joining us as always for our Tuesday Fantasy Forum, which we do every Tuesday here for these episodes of Locked on NFL. Make sure you come back tomorrow as well as we go through the draft. It's right around the corner. We have the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 coming up next week. So if you want to start to get ready for the draft, make sure you tune in tomorrow as Tony and James are joined by one of our Locked on NFL draft experts to talk about everybody's favorite time, of the NFL season. So make sure you come back for that tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week as we continue on. And once again, for my good friend, Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nola, we'll see you here soon for another episode of Locked on NFL, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.